with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the justification, redemption, sanctification, and ultimate glorification of the body of Christ and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. Now, many will say that we're not able to come into perfection on this side of glory, that is, while we're still in the flesh. And then uh, the old saying is, we'll understand it in the sweet by and by. But the Word of God tells us that we're to grow up into Him in all things that is in Christ Jesus and to make our calling and election sure. And in the book of the Revelation, we have those that are called, chosen, and faithful in that calling. What does it mean that the Lord says, be you perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect? We are to come unto perfection. Now he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's the reason for the fivefold in Song 8 in the Canticles of Solomon. We find that Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of multitude. Solomon, you must have a thousand. A thousand is perfected glory. That's the reason why no man ever lived to be a thousand years old. Methuselah was the oldest man that ever lived, being 969 years old, but did not live to be a thousand. Therefore, what Adam lost by one man's disobedience that sin came to the world and death by sin, the Lord Jesus hath purchased back or redeemed it back again. And the promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 that I'll make of you a great nation and all the nations of the world will be blessed in Israel. That promise to Abram or Abraham, Jesus, after he was resurrected, before he left and ascended back up to heaven, the disciples asked him, Lord, will at, that, at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, they thought it was time. Judas Iscariot thought that if he turned Jesus over and betrayed him, that it would force the Lord to set up his kingdom at that time. And this is one of the things that the Antichrist does is think to change times and laws rather than simply being obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God. We have to be very careful. Therefore, we know that we are to come much higher than just born-again Christians. We have this in Hebrews 6, that therefore leaving the first principles of the oracles of God, didn't say forget them, those first principles, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying over the hands and of baptisms, and the resurrection and eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection. We know that in Hebrews 5, Paul stated that when he was going to elaborate on the Melchizedek and how it affected the body of Christ, and he was going to elaborate on it. 
that he said, this is hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing, that while you should be teachers, you have need again to, to begin taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. You should be teachers, but you're still lagging behind. And he said, little children, these newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Unskillful? The word of righteousness, that word of reconciliation, that word that we are to grow up into him in all things through not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Therefore, Paul said these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing, that you are not a full age. You're babies. And these newborn babes, they desire the sincere milk of the word, that milk of the word they may grow thereby, but they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. I'm afraid that the church has sat back and said, well, I'm saved, and that's all that matters. And from that point on, I've got that covered, so I can be at ease in Zion. I can sit back and just take it easy and not press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But Jesus stated, said, Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. He expects us to bring forth works unto perfection. Faith that is accompanied by works. Salvation, they're the works that accompany salvation. So we're going to find that there are levels of sealing, that after we have received the word of God, that we were sealed. But there's different levels of sealings. First, we were sealed as babes, unskillful in the word of righteousness, but still sealed as the newborn babes. But then we grow. We grow, and as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Blood flow, the edifying of the body of Christ of itself, and love through the joints, the bone to bone, and as uh, the body of Christ meets together, and it's compacted together, and whichever joint supplies, well, what supplies what? To the edifying of itself in love, it's through the supply of the Spirit that God literally leads us on unto perfection. For whom he did foreknow, them he did uh, predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Somebody say, well, that's predestination. If he wants you, you're there. If he doesn't, you won't. Howbeit, it's according to the foreknowledge of God. It does not usurp the free will of man. But because God knows the end from the beginning, and he is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and knows all things, and not subject to time, then he knows exactly what we will do and the outcome of each of our lives. And our heart determines our destiny. It is up to us, the body of Christ, to come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. So we're going to be talking about the next level. If you're not born again, then you must be born of the water and the Spirit. Then, in John 3, Peter being given the keys to the kingdom, 
And the men were pricked in their heart and said, What must we do? Acts 2, 37. Peter, standing up along with the other 11, and Matthew being there also, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit. The promise is unto you, to your children, to as many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is being born again of the water and spirit. Those are newborn babes. But the next step is little children. In this podcast, we're going to be focusing on the step above that of little children. Now, to get to little children, that sealing is required, an engraving of an engraver, that we are born again according to the birth, and that is uh, from little, from babies unto little children, requires us to have a higher revelation. And that is very simply that I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. Now, little children knows a, a higher revelation than the newborn babes. The newborn babes were forgiven. Their sins were forgiven for his name's sake, but they did not know that Jesus is the Father of glory, that he is the Father revealed that he is God manifest, God that was manifest in the flesh. That mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16. Just as Jesus said, I and my Father are one, we're one in the self-same spirit, John 10.30. The little children have that revelation that the Son of God is the Father revealed. He is the express image of the invisible God, the express image of his singular person, Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. Now, assuming that we, as a body of Christ, have been born again, newborn babes, and we've grown to that second, that level of sealing of little children, we know that Jesus is the Father of glory, then we go to that next step. The next step is doing the will of God. We find that in 1 John 2, 12-14. And John states in his epistle, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake, you've been born of the water and the spirit, and I write you little children, because you have known the Father. He doesn't stop there. He goes to the next step. He said, I write unto you young men, now, he's not talking about that you're growing in your natural body, but the inner man. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. He's talking about the inward man, the spiritual man that you are. And he's joined to the Lord as one spirit. As that any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. But if the spirit dwells in you that also dwelled, in Christ Jesus, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. Now, we're focusing on, in this podcast, the sealing of young men. Young men are overcomers, one of the same. 
we're finding that we're called to be high priests. Priests and kings unto the Lord our God. That's the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's coming unto perfection. There in Philippi, the church of Philippi, Paul states that I am not perfect yet. Neither have I already attained. But I'm reaching forth to those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind. Those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Trying to apprehend that of what she's apprehended of Christ Jesus. Apprehending, trying to apprehend that of which he's apprehended of Christ Jesus. This is that spirit in obedience, for this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. The Lord is that spirit. I am that I am. And Paul was still trying to apprehend that of which he's apprehended of Christ Jesus. Then he says a profound, profound statement. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now the prize, he said, don't you know that all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. And he's gathering all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And only the ones that come unto perfection to that measure the statue of Jesus Christ will obtain that prize. Therefore, run that you may obtain. He said, pressing toward the mark. That mark is not the Aleph, Beth, Gamal. It's the Tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew Abecedary. It is overcoming to the end. Not the beginning of the ABCs, but the end, the last letter, the Tav, the cross, the salvation of his saints. And Paul said, pressing toward this mark, the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now we need to know what is that high calling of God in Christ Jesus? What are we pressing toward? The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. The law, the law and the prophets were unto John, but men since that time, men press their way into it. What are we pressing for? We're pressing toward the mark, that overcoming to the end, that final salvation, redemption, sanctification, and ultimate glorification. Our vile body being fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. So, that is the prize which is that we're called as kings and priests unto the Lord our God. And we will reign on the earth with our Lord Jesus for 1,000 years, the millennial reign, where the Lord himself, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord will be present. The Lord is there. And that, during that millennial, we, the ones that obtained that kingdom, will reign and rule with Christ Jesus. Now, in the various podcasts, tune in, subscribe to the channel. Also, on uh, YouTube, so hit the bell that you'll have notifications 
because we'll be going into greater depth on what will happen during the millennial that we as gods are that little G-O-D-S judges that some will rule over five cities, some over ten cities. There will be others that will be uh, sons of Zadok, righteous that will reign in the temple uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that will serve him in the temple. And they will be rulers over five cities, rulers over ten cities, judging the nations of the world, the righteous nations. But the church will be given a rod there, a staff there, a rod to rule all nations. And as a vessel of potter shall they be beaten to shivers, and I'll give them the morning star. This is a high calling of God in Christ Jesus that we are pressing toward that mark to receive. Now, with that said, what is required of us? Well, certainly not just being born again. Newborn babes, they are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Well, what is this word of righteousness? What is righteousness? Well, righteousness is that Jesus, who being in that form of God, literally proceeded from the Father, he is the Father of glory. He is the Spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is a yod ha waha. He is that tetragrammaton. That is that Spirit, eternal, self-existent Spirit of God. He proceeded from the Father and came into the world. Not a Spirit Junior. Not Jehovah Junior. Not a God Junior. But God Himself. He proceeded from the Father. And proceeding from the Father means it's the same Spirit. But now he's going to be manifest in a body of flesh and blood. And as that as a man made in under the law, literally under the law to redeem us that were under the law, that he humbled himself. He made himself of no reputation, literally emptied out of glory. A self-imposed limitation upon himself to work salvation as a man, because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. Not a God-man. Therefore, God will have to work salvation in and of himself, because all have been conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity, none good, no, not one. We have to have a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God that must be a kinsman redeemer. He has to be one of us in order to redeem us. Not a God man, but a man. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Well, God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none, and he wondered why he could not find a man. Therefore, he said, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. God's own arm brought salvation to himself. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, Jesus, even though he is that spirit, proceeded from the Father. This is righteousness. Not just what is right, but it's biblical righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. But we must know what righteousness is. For grace reigns through righteousness. And certainly, we want to make sure 
that we have grace because we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But righteousness, grace reigns through righteousness. And that word, they're unskillful. The babies, the newborn babes that have just been born again are unskillful in the word of righteousness. What is this word of righteousness? Jesus proceeded from the Father. He made himself of no reputation. He's in the form of God's Spirit, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He makes himself of no reputation. Why? Because he's not going to work as God, as Spirit. He's going to work as a man made and under the law. So in the fullness of time, God sent forth his, sent forth his Son. How? Made of a woman. Made in under the law, not above it, not an Adam before the fall, but an Adam after the fall. Galatians 4, verse 4. At that point, God sent forth his son in that fullness of time. How? Made of a woman, not the father, speaking to a begotten son in heaven, God Jr. There is no God Jr. God is God. There is only one God. There's only one spirit. It says so in Ephesians. There is one body, one spirit. Not spirit junior, not personalities and different persons of this spirit, but one singular person, one spirit. The one spirit, yes, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is the father of all. Above all, and in us all. The Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of the Father. And we know that Christ is that Spirit because 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, if you've been tuning into the podcast, you know the revelation of Christ that He, first and foremost, is the Spirit of God. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. That the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Capital S, God Almighty. God is a Spirit. Those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Christ is that Spirit. Prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. When it signified beforehand and testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Not Christ Jr., so, righteousness is, very simply, that Jesus, John 16, said, I proceeded from the Father and came into this world. How do we know it's righteousness? Because Jesus said in John 16, when the Comforter's come, the Holy Ghost, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, Jesus said, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness... Because I go to my Father. And of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Now, what is righteousness? He said that Holy Ghost will reprove the world of righteousness. Why? Because I go back to my Father. That's righteousness? Yes, he proceeded from the Father, John 16. Came into the world. That spirit, the same spirit. That water proceeds from a waterfall and comes down into the river. As it proceeds, it doesn't change. The water, the H2O from the waterfall, 
coming down into the river, proceeding down, is the same water that's on that waterfall. It just proceeded down into the river. It's one and the same. That's what Jesus said. I and my Father are one, John 10, 30. One and the self-same spirit. Not a spirit junior. Not a, a different father being different from the son. No. But the son being the father revealed. Same spirit. The only difference is the spirit of God is invisible, but God made himself visible in his servant. As a man. He is the image of the invisible God. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, the monogamese, Euos, he hath declared him. But we'll also find in the original manuscripts, it says the only begotten God, monogamese, Theos. He hath declared him. Why? Because Jesus is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. It's one and the self, same spirit. Therefore, Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So righteousness is that he proceeded from the Father, same spirit came into the world, that same spirit took on a body of flesh and blood. His own human, his own servant. That's righteousness. And there, he worked salvation in and of himself alone. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Well, Christ, we said, is that spirit. Well, another way to put it is Christ was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Christ. That's the reason Jesus said in John 2, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. And Jesus is declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. He raised his own body of flesh from the dead. There we have righteousness. Jesus proceeded from the Father, came into the world, and then died, fulfilled the law, died, rose again, and went back to the Father. Not beside him, not around him, back to him. And we find that he said in Gethsemane, praying to the Father, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was, before I put that glory off to become a man. I want all that glory back. Well, that is the mystery, the mystery of righteousness. The mystery of righteousness is the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid, in him, singular, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That righteousness now is given to the body of Christ in the ministry of reconciliation. There, the newborn babes are unskillful in this word of righteousness. They have not their novices. Unless by, unless by being lifted up in pride, 
they fall into condemnation of the devil. They have to grow. They have to be their faith tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold. So there we have this righteousness, which is the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ himself in the form of God, that Spirit, made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. A self-imposed limitation upon himself that he will not work his spirit. He's not cease and desisting from being God. He's simply not going to work as spirit because he's going to make of himself no reputation. Then what? He's going to take upon him that spirit, that same spirit, the Father, Word, the Holy Ghost, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, Elohim, El Shaddai. He's going to take upon him the form of a servant. Now, he's in the form of God. That Morpha is eternal. He's always been God, always will be God. But now he takes upon him the form of a servant. That is also an eternal state. Morpha, form of a servant. He takes upon him the form of a servant. This is God humbling humbling himself. Not just wrapping himself in a body of flesh and blood. He is literally becoming the word made, genonomai, sarka, flesh. He is literally taking on a body of flesh and blood as a permanent dwelling forever. Not something rental house that he's going to be there for a while as he was in the burning bush or as he was and the angel that wrestled with Jacob, or as uh, uh, the the, uh, brazen serpent lifted up in the wilderness, or the man with the drawn sword to Joshua. All of these were definite manifestations of God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't reveal his name there because it was not a permanent residence. It was not a permanent dwelling. It was not going to be a permanent tabernacle that God was going to be seen in forever. Therefore, he would not place his name there. But when he would take on a permanent dwelling to house permanently in that body of flesh and blood, he will place his name there. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus. That is the Lord God Almighty the Tetragrammaton, the yod ha is salvation. Yeshua, HaMashiach, of Jesus, our Messiah. The Lord God Almighty, in righteousness, showing the world, reproving the world of righteousness, is that he proceeded from the Father, came into the world, and was manifest. God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. And we believe this testimony the testimony he gave of his son. That is, which saith he, you've heard of me, that he is that spirit of God. He is the Holy Ghost. Jesus stated it. He said, while he was in the world, he was the light of the world. He told his disciples that I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter whom the world can not receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, houses with you now, and shall be in you. 
Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now we're getting into righteousness. Righteousness is that God is manifest. That he is seen, Emmanuel, God with us. Righteousness is that Jesus is that spirit. He is the father of glory. And there's not another. That Jesus is the omnipotent, uh, blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That he is that blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. He's always been that spirit. But he took on a body of flesh and blood. And that's righteousness. And that righteousness, that righteousness is he proceeded from the Father. John 16 came into the world. Not as your fathers did eat and are dead, that manna that came from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat and are dead, but that living bread, God himself, manifest in the world. Emmanuel, not Emmanuel Jr., not God Jr., not Spirit Jr., but not Holy Ghost Jr., but God himself. That's righteousness. Well, the newborn babes are unskillful in that word of righteousness. They don't know. So the next level from the babies is little children. They now are getting skilled in the word of righteousness. Why? Because they know, they know that Jesus is the Father. 1 John 2, 12-14. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. You know him. Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. If you don't believe him, believe him for the work's sake. Because as Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. But the Father that dwelleth in me. He's the one doing the work. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive going free. And blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, not in us, in me. Jesus is that spirit. Somebody said, well, it can't be the Father if he's praying to the Father. Oh, yes, he can. Because He's going to make himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, that he will be one of us, our kinsman redeemer. That is, he takes upon himself the form of a servant. God himself takes upon him the form of a servant. To work only as a servant, he has to make himself of no reputation to work only as a man. Otherwise, he'd be working as God and man, but he's not. He's working as a man. Only a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Romans 5. So what does he do? He makes himself of no reputation. Make void. Make a self-imposed limitation upon yourself that you will not work as God. You will work as a, as a man only. So therefore, 
he takes upon himself the form of a servant. This was righteousness. He's God. He came to the world, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. He's still that spirit. He is that image of that invisible God. All grace and truth came by him. He is that spirit of truth. He is that Holy Ghost. He is that Father. He is that Spirit. Always has been. But for working salvation on our behalf, coming under the law, He makes Himself of no reputation to work salvation in and of Himself so He can pray to the Father as a man, glorifying His own human back to Himself, making the way for us in the way, truth, and the life. Therefore, he's going to have to pray to the Father. Why? Because the law is there that has to be fulfilled by a man. The man has to be a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice. He will have to be tempted and tried in all manners of the law and yet be found blameless. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm, his own body of flesh and blood, it brought righteousness. It brought salvation back to himself. That's righteousness. He humbled himself to become a man. Who did? God himself. Not the son of God. Somebody said he sent his son. Yes, that's his word. That's God himself. The father revealed in a body of flesh and blood as Emmanuel, God with us. The word was made flesh. The father, word, and the Holy Ghost are one and the self same spirit. 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. One and the self-same Spirit. Father's administrative office of that Spirit. The Word is that expression office of that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. Well, the Word was made flesh. Peter said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said there uh, that I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts whereby we cry of a Father. It's one and the same Spirit. Righteousness is, and that's what the little children have that the newborn babes do not have. Somebody said, well, I'm born again. You might be a baby if you're born of the water and the spirit. How did you get born again? John 3, born of the water and the spirit. How did you do that? Peter, having the keys of the kingdom, said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name, singular, of Jesus Christ, which is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, because the Father's not a name, Son's not a name, the Holy Ghost name is Jesus. I'll send the Comforter in my name. Father, I've manifested your name. The name of the Father is Jesus. It's one of the self-same Spirit. He is God. The Son is Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior. Jehovah is salvation. That's his name. We believe in the name of the Son of God, which is Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. It's one and the same. Christ is the Father, the invisible Spirit. Christ is the Son, the invisible Spirit made manifest in a body of flesh and blood. 
Well, that's God. Who is he? He's Jesus. And that is the name of the God salvation. No other name given under heaven whereby man must be saved that at the name of Jesus. No other name will save you. The name of Jesus. And righteousness is that you know that he is the Father. That's the reason in John, 1 John 2, 12-14, John states, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, you have been born again. And I write unto you little children, because you've known the Father. Now, you're being skillful in the word of righteousness, that he is God, he is the Father, that came into the world, manifest, died, rose again, and went back to the Father, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Now you're skillful in the word of righteousness. But there requires a higher growth than that. And that is overcomers. John states in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, I write unto you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. These are overcomers. You've overcome the wicked one. You've overcome. You're an overcomer. Well, how did you get there? Well, you have to know the word of God. You're sanctified through the word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In the sealing of the Holy Ghost, the sealing happens through the word of God in the various levels. First, our newborn babes. Second, little children. Now they're a little skillful in the word of righteousness. Why? Because they know Jesus is the Father. He came to the world, manifest, died, rose again, went back to the Father. Father came to the world, manifest in the Son, and went back glorified with the Father's own self. Now you know the Father. Jesus said, if you know me, he should have known my father also. He states in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. It's required. But now we're coming to overcomers. It's a higher growth state. Well, the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. How did you overcome? Well, the word of God is strong in you. How did you get that word? Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. How do you prove the will of God? How do you do the will of God? Through the word as yourself, Denying yourself will in order to do his will. Just as Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up your cross, and come and follow me. There is an overcomer. Now we're going to Revelation. The second chapter is telling us in a higher growth in glory, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, that we're coming to overcomers. We're doing this through the word of God and this is uh, the voice of the Lord. 
the voice of the Lord we're going to see in each of the seven churches. In the book of the Revelation, we're going to see the Lord speaking, the voice of the Lord. And as he speaks, then he says to him that overcometh, the ones that come up to this level of young men that have overcome the wicked one. And they're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The testimony is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, knowing the things and the words of the book of this prophecy. Therefore, in Revelation 2, we're going to find, and as we break this down, this will be the overcomers as Jesus speaks to the church at Ephesus. Now, there's going to be Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, Laodicea. There's going to be seven churches there. But we're going to see that Jesus starts at the church at Ephesus, and Paul has written a the book to the Ephesians and talks about sealing. He talks about doing the will of God. He talks about the fivefold ministry and that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. But we're finding uh, there in the Revelation, the second chapter, that Jesus is looking at the churches and giving them the judgment of God, where they are, and what is needed, where they're coming short of coming unto perfection. As overcomers, overcoming the world, the devil, and your own flesh, overcoming the wicked one. And we find, we'll take the first one, we'll be the church at Ephesus. And Revelation 2, verse 1, and to the angel of the church at Ephesus write, these things, now you're going to see in every one of them that he speaks these things. The things are the things of faith. These things. He's going to say these things to the church at Ephesus. He's going to start with the church at Smyrna. These things saith. That's the, that's the word of the Lord. That's the voice of God. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God. That voice is not only just hearing, but means to hear, adhere to, and obey those that will be overcomers. These things, he says, saith the, amen, saith the one that has the seven uh, uh, candlesticks, the ones that has, thus saith the amen, etc. These things that he's saying, these things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of these things, which is in the word, the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation, the Sheba, the seven, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, seven angels to the seven churches. And we're finding that this is the final consummation not as Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Not in the, the Feast of Weeks in Pentecost, Acts, the second chapter. But the final consummation of all things in the book of the Revelation, which is Sheba, the sevens, which is that last season of God, tabernacles, which will have Rosh Hashanah, 
the Feast of Trumpets, the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Sukkoth, the Feast of Tabernacles. With that said, he's telling each of the church the voice of the Lord and the things of faith that was once delivered to the saints. He's giving them now what we must literally grow up to in faith unto faith, glory unto glory, in a growth state that we can be attained to the sealing of God in Revelation 7. The overcomers are the only ones that's going to be sealed as fathers in Revelation 7 as the servants of God, which requires obedience. Therefore, somebody said, well, we're saved, we're, we're born-again believers, uh, there's nothing else. Well, we take a look at Romans 6, and it does state that whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Obedience is required here. Of sin unto death, well, somebody said, well, I have the Holy Ghost, I have the Spirit of God, I have the Holy Spirit, well, then... Even though you have the Holy Spirit and Christ is in you, if you do not obey it, then it is carnal-minded. And to be carnally-minded is death. It's not a natural mind. It's carnally-minded. We can draw close to Jesus with our lips, yet our heart is far from him. That's the reason Jesus said, Why do you call me? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I tell you? Do is obedience. Why don't you do those things? So faith without works is dead being alone. James said, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Can't faith alone save you? The answer is no. But we're not talking about the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be saved. But we're talking about the works that accompany salvation. And we're going to see this to the church at Ephesus in the first church that Jesus, the word of uh, that voice of the Son of God coming to them of what they're lacking. He's going to tell them what things they have and strengthen those, but he's going to tell them what they're lacking for them to come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto perfection. For Jesus is coming back to a perfect church without spot or blemish. Not to a church that is uh, backbiting, evil, hate, uh, surmising, backbiting. Are you still not yet carnal? He's coming back to a church that has brotherly love and charity abounding one toward another. Charity is uh, the final consummation in perfection. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. That's the reason charity is a bond, our guarantee of perfectness. But you had to add to your faith virtue. Be virtuous. Walk according to the leading of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Then you have to add to your virtue knowledge. Get in the Word of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Then to add to your knowledge temperance. For he that striveth for the mastery must be temperate in all things. That's self-controlled in all things. Then temperance, patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. 
that you may receive a full reward. But let patience have her perfect work. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Well, certainly said somebody, that ought, to, that ought to be enough. No, add to your patience godliness, the God life. Godliness, there is obedience to the Holy Ghost. Then from godliness to brotherly kindness, let brotherly love continue. And then finally, from brotherly love to charity. And that charity is not just the love of God. Somebody said, but it's love. You love God. It's agape love. Well, it's really not just love. That's a misnomer. It is the love of God in keeping his commandments and doing his will. He that loveth me keepeth my commandments. So charity is not love. Charity is the love of God based in doing the will of God in your life. That's charity. So charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because you're doing the will of God. You're lifting and obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. Iniquity is lawlessness, where you do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. That is iniquity. Sin is the transgression of the law. Iniquity is lawlessness. You're not being and do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's iniquity. And because iniquity will abound in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. And Jesus is there talking to the churches because this is the final revelation of Jesus Christ as a witness to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. And he that overcometh, these are the overcomers. What it takes to be an overcomer, he that overcometh, overcometh to the end, the same shall be saved. So it requires that step of sealing to overcomers. Young men who have overcome the wicked one. There he says to the church at Ephesus, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Well, these things saith he. These, this is the voice of the Son of God. This is the voice of the Holy Ghost. This is the leading of the Holy Ghost into all truth, which every individual member has to obey in doing the will of God for that body to be compacted together and every joint, the joint, the bones have to join together there in the unity of the faith to the edifying of itself in love in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God. It will then lead unto the epigenosco, the image of Jesus Christ. It be the knowledge of the Son of God coming to His measure, to His stature, unto a perfect man. To what measure? To the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ that perfect that which is lacking in each of us to the fullness of the measure of Jesus in doing God's will. And that's the reason why it's so important for the body of Christ to realize we can't stay as little children. We can't just know that Jesus is the Father. Not just being born again. We have to go on to overcomers. We have to do the will of God. That's the reason why in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, 
in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gives us that Sermon on the Mount and what it takes for the Constitution or the bylaws of the Kingdom of Heaven. And in Matthew 7, he says, Not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Oh, Jesus, truly, you can't call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Those are the ones that know Jesus is the Father of glory. These are little children, not just born-again believers. They know that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. But he says, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, not all of them will be able to enter in. Why? Because Jesus goes on, and they will say unto and profess unto Jesus, Lord, haven't we cast out devils? We've cast out devils in your name. We have prophesied in your name. And we've done many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. No gnosko. I don't know you. For why? Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Lawlessness. You weren't led of the Spirit of God. You had the Spirit of God. But you vexed his Holy Spirit. You made him serve with your sins. You did not overcome that wicked one. You did not overcome the devil, the world, and your own flesh. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. You didn't do it. Well, I didn't know we were supposed to. I thought we were saved. Well, you have to grow up into him in all things that you don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that will manifest in the last days with seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And without the sealing of God, they will not, no believer will stand without that sealing. It is essential. It's an urgency now with 21 agenda and the 2030 agenda knowing that he's taking the kingdom by flatteries and by peace destroying many that we are in the last of the last days. If any man have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We're simply obeying the Lord our God and the 19th of January, 2019, he said, seal my people by my word. Certainly not for any of our righteousness or holiness, but for his namesake, he gave us his command. And that's what we are running in order to bring this to the body of Christ, not for uh, exaltation of any one member, but that the body of Christ will come together and never joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. And the bones only come together as they're prophesied over the word of God in truth. Not some sensual, oh, uh, well, it's the end of the world, and, uh, oh, you know, let's, uh, let's buy land, let's, let's, let's uh, get some shelters somewhere, uh, store up food, uh, buy some generators because we're going to have any electricity. No. That God's going to prepare a place for you that are sealed. The two wings of a great eagle will be given to the woman, the church, where she flieth into the wilderness. Where she have the place prepared of God. You don't prepare it. God does. In obedience to his word, you don't have to worry. You're nourished from the face of the serpent. During that time, he nourishes you through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Not one hair, hair of your head will perish. 
as he said, that two wings of a great eagle would be given to you because through your obedience in righteousness, not is the righteousness which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. What? Growing up into him in all things. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. All the way. Not just, oh, well, I'm born again. No. Whom he did foreknow in the foreknowledge of God, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So now God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're speaking of the treasures of God in the last days, which in Christ are hid all these treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And God's revealing this to the body of Christ now to those that have an ear to hear. And at that point, he's revealing this word, this testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, not in the Pentecostal realm, but in the ministry voice of Jesus in tabernacles, not Pentecostals, but tabernacleist. You will be a tabernacleist. You and the body of Christ that are overcomers will be sealed as it is in the servants of God in Revelation 7. The servants of a God of our God in their forehead, not on, but in. It's a mind of Christ. You will not be deceived. You don't have to worry about what it, you know, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. You don't have to worry about what do I have to do? Will I have 401k? Will I have money in the bank? Will this, will that God is going to take care of you? Those that are sealed. But the sealing is essential. And that sealing requires obedience. And that obedience in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, that's obedience. Him are the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, we can still do that. Or of obedience unto righteousness. There's that righteousness again. What is that righteousness? Well, the forerunner has already entered in. He, Jesus Christ, in the form of God, made himself of no reputation. In John 16 said, he came into this world, died, rose again, and went back to the Father. That is righteousness. Now, the forerunner has entered in. Now, he expects us to grow unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man, not just newborn babes, not just little children, knows he's a father, but the work of the ministry. I write to you, young man, because that word of God is strong in you. You've overcome the wicked one. You're an overcomer. And he's telling us that we must grow up into him in all things in this overcoming. And grace reigns through righteousness. Without that righteousness, which is of faith, going unto up into him, not not partial, not a newborn baby, not just little children, for the children of the kingdom will be cast out, 
but going all the way to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now, the urgency is there. We are in the time since uh, uh, 1992, 93. Uh, we have uh, the 21 agenda. We have the 2030 agenda. Uh, it's already 138 nations agreed to this. Uh, one world government, uh, very different mask, you know, go green, uh, global warming, whatever the case is. But desensitizing us to where we are a 100% in obedience to the government rather than the government of God. So he's going to take the kingdom. This will come to pass that the Antichrist will deceive the whole world. It's written. But the good news is that God is allowing his body to be sealed for those that have an ear to ear. And he's doing it now through the word. And somebody said, well, it's, it seems I've never heard this preached. We have to go higher and from glory to glory. From faith to faith, uh, you know, I just thought we were saved and that's it. No. You have to overcome to the end in doing the will of God. Now, the question is, what is the will of God? Well, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world for a witness in all nations. Then the end will come. Somebody said, well, I'm not called to preach. I'm a government. I'm a help. I'm, you know, but I'm not an apostle. I, I'm not a prophet. I, I'm not a teacher. Well, there's many different members, in particular, in the body of Christ. And every one, every single member, every singular member has a job to do and obedience in righteousness for that manifestation of Jesus, for that gospel to be preached in all the world for witness in all nations. That is your Revelation 19.10 man. John saw it. Somebody said, well, that's an angel. No, it's not. John is not a person that's going to bow down and worship an angel. He saw what he thought was sure the body, surely the body of Christ. And as he bowed down to worship the man, the man said, see thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus he said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Well, what's the spirit of prophecy? It's you being one in God, being led into all truth through the spirit of God, which requires overcoming and obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. And here we have it in uh, Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. So what we want you to understand and dear friend, uh, as you're listening to this podcast, let us hear from you. Uh, we're coming together as one in the body of Christ to a power that God will give unto his two servants. And this are the two olive trees, two candlesticks, which is the corporate body of Christ. That power that will be obtained through your obedience not for any of righteousness or holiness, which we have done, but through obedience to his will. We find that in Matthew 7, Jesus said, not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, these were not only born again. They were little children. They knew that Jesus is the Father of glory. They called him Lord. They called him Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty. But not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Only ones that do the will of God. 
How do we know that? Because he said they, they begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. Cast out devils in your name. Prophesied in your name. We've done all this. Jesus didn't say, no, you haven't. Sure they had. Uh, no man can do a, a miracle in the name of Jesus, can speak lightly of him. But did they obey? Did they come to the measure of the statue of Jesus? Did they go on doing the will of God? No, they didn't. And that's the reason Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. You didn't do the will of God. You did not make that overcoming status. Because you didn't do the will of God. You were born again. You did understand that Jesus is the Father of glory. But you did not do the will of of God, Because you didn't do that will of God, it's all or nothing. We have to walk in the light as he is in the light. We have then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And we have that fellowship one with another. But to cleanse us from all sin, we have to stay in present truth. For man shall live by every word, word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that's now faith. Now faith is that substance of things. Oh, for now faith is that evidence of things not seen. Now faith is being revealed to the overcomers. Tune into the podcast. Tune into Sealing God's People. Subscribe to it. Stay with us. And you'll see there's a great work. And it's going to be greater in a new thing than any former revival has ever been. That's right, neighbor. You heard it. This is not revival. This is a new thing. A new thing. Though my man tell it, yet they will not believe. God said, I'll do a new thing in the earth. That new thing, a woman, shall compass a man. This woman's going to bring forth a man, shall cut up to God to his throne. Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, that man, child, the body of Christ, coming into the ministry voice of Jesus. And those are the ones the living creatures that will take this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Friend, we have our gift offer this month, gift offer 1001, which is eight DVDs in the Jesus-only Doctrine of Christ, which is essential for sealing going from babies to little children that to overcomers and then final fathers, having their father's name written in their foreheads. I think you'll find it a blessing to you. Eight DVDs, well, two hours teaching on each DVD on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you can get this right to me, Dennis Beard, at Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code says 75606. That's Dennis Beard. Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606, or visit our website, dennisbeard.org, or sealinggodspeople.org. Request your copy, eight DVDs, on the revelation of Jesus Christ, mention offer 1001. That's 1001 for your gift of $100 or more, and we'll get it right out to you. Again, that's the Revelation of Jesus Christ, eight DVDs, over two hours teaching on each separate DVD. 
of eight DVDs over 16 hours of teaching. Therefore, normally a gift of 160, you can have it. Our gift offer for this month, gift offer 1001-1001, request the revelation of Jesus Christ for your gift of $100 or more right there at Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606, or the website, org or sealinggodspeople.org. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Until the next time, Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.